your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 7th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the national show and the Cross Check NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll lock down NHL and the Cross Check will be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them, Locked On, sent to you. So for today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, as I promised on Monday that I will air this episode on the Tuesday, once again, my apologies for when I said on Friday that there would be a special guest uh, on Monday, but with the holiday weekend, as I said on Monday's episode, we shifted that conversation that I had today with ESPN's John Butchergrass, a.k.a. Butchimane. You guys knew about the guest once you clicked the title of this podcast episode, so you guys know about it already. So it was an honor having to have this conversation with John Butchergrass, and he was really, really nice enough to come on the show and just Talked for a good uh, 30, 45 minutes about uh, the Florida Panthers and uh, the National Hockey League. Um, if you do follow um, the other part of Panther Parkway, which is the main podcast, Panther Parkway with Tom McLean and Jake Winans, you guys know that John Puchacross was on that show back in April. This Locked on Panthers is more of an extension of what Panther Parkway is. So. Thankful for Jake Winans and Tom McLean for also connecting me with Bucci as well to have him on the show as well to talk about all things National Hockey League and Florida Panthers. So without further ado, here's my conversation with John Butchergrass of ESPN. All right, so now joining me on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is a very well-known name is a name that you guys uh, definitely know. Someone that I grew up definitely uh, listening to. It is John Bouchergras, a.k.a. Bucci Main. John, how are you? Good, Armando. Great to be here with you. Uh, thank you so much once again for coming on. And um, I, I, I want to I wanna start off the show uh, with uh, about, about a week ago, there was the news of the of former Florida Panther uh, Jimmy Hayes um, suddenly passing away at the age of 31 years old. You you tweeted uh, breaking the news about it. So when when Jimmy Hayes was here, 
um, he had his career high in goals and his career high in shooting percentage, but that's the hockey side of all of these things. But I want to talk more about the personal side of things, who, who Jimmy Hayes was as a person and your own uh, personal relationship with him. Well, you know, he's uh, just a, a city kid from Boston, Dorchester, Massachusetts, a, a little uh, community, basically right in Boston. Um, a lot of Irish Catholics, uh, big family, you know, four sibling, five total siblings, you know, his brother and sisters, um, you know, his dad, a big personality, uh, really a family with a lot of personality, a lot of fun. And he's just a kid who grew up in Boston, went to Boston College, won a national championship and made it to the NHL and ended up playing for the Bruins. And, uh, you know, the career at, at the end uh, just kind of ended probably a little bit earlier than he thought. And, uh, you know, but got married, had two young children kind of quickly um, and started to build his own family and still lived right outside Boston and started his own podcast. And so, yeah, he was a kid, very gregarious and a uh, big personality. Um, one of those heartfelt people that we meet in hockey along the way that are a lot of fun. And, and so, yeah, it was shocking. I mean, obviously it was very shocking to be 31 year old man to find him. Um, so yeah, I really rocked Boston hard. It was, like I said, this was the kid where a lot of people probably had a friend or a brother who you could really relate to. And so you felt like you knew him even without meeting him. So, you know, certainly young enough to be a lot of people's sons for guys in their 50s and 60s. Certainly anytime a peer passes away, it, it really rocks young people um, to show the, you know, how we're all mortal and how life is short and that it's every day is a gift. So really kind of hits every age group in a, in a different, different meaning in a different way. So yeah, it's always terribly sad. And, but uh, you know, the, the impact that he left, that certainly I'm sure helps his family a, a little bit, comforts them a little bit, knowing how much people spoke of their son and of their brother or their nephew, you know, whatever the case may be. So usually the, a lot of big families around Boston and that Irish community of South Boston and Dorchester, and they're usually big, they're usually raucous, and they're usually uh, loving, they're usually fun, so it's just a lot. So when something like this hits, it hits pretty hard. So it was, uh, it was a tough week for people in Boston. Absolutely, and I've, I've only been to Boston once in my life, so I don't know what, how the towns are around there, but I can only imagine because my, my girlfriend's from a small town, so usually what the thing is when it comes to small towns or little itty-bitty towns, when you go even to like the supermarket or even to like a convenience store, sometimes a lot of people just know each other. So I can only imagine um, in Dorchester, someone right. goes to like a local pizza shop and you hear the name Jimmy Hayes and they, right. somebody has to know, like have some type of story about Jimmy Hayes. Can, I can only imagine uh, it, next time I'm, Bo I'm in Boston, I, I'm sure if I were to go to like one of those stores, I would just talk right. to somebody. What, what do you know about, what do you know about Jimmy Hayes? Right, exactly. And, like, and they're not really small towns. Like maybe some people might think of small towns out in the Midwest or, or even in Florida. You come across it, it's really they're really neighborhoods, I guess is a better way to put it, because it is Boston. It's the city. and You take the public, you take the bus to go downtown and it's uh, you can see the skyline, you know, right from out your window. But these little neighborhoods all around Boston, like you said, and, and there's pride, there's a lot, a lot of pride for those places um, in Dorchester and Southie. Because, you know, my parents grew up in South Boston, so you know, they were born during the Depression and they had, you know, they didn't have any money and they were poor and 
and but there's grandparents it's multi-generational grandma lives down the street go get grandma a loaf of bread go get her a pack of ciggies you know whatever she needs and uh so yeah those neighborhoods even it's a very you know urban situation but there are little pockets of neighborhoods that uh that people have pride in and, and that's that's the one he came from that that's awesome and like you said he won a national championship with uh Boston College during during his time there, which I was able to fortunately pass by when I when I did go there. I, I took a picture in front of the Doug Flutie statue uh, oh, when, yeah. I, when I when I went there. Um, but transitioning to uh, a, on a on a lighter note to Boston College, um, the Florida Panthers they have a few uh, prospects uh, fr- from who just signed their ELCs recently. One of them was Logan Hutzko, who didn't play in the NCAA tournament due to an injury. Signed yeah. his ELC after you got to see. Spencer Knight up close and personal during the NCAA tournament. Uh, what what were your thoughts originally when when you saw uh, Spencer Knight over there um, during the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I certainly remember when he came his freshman year, and he certainly highly touted. And you could see the skill and the size and the calmness and how he could handle the puck. Um, but his college career was kind of a little bit up and down. He'd have a bad game every once in a while, and then of course his moment I think was when he went to the World Juniors and. Team USA won gold. That was really his moment where he probably elevated and thought, you know, I can play in the big moment. I'm sure it got the Panthers' eyes. I'm sure it got the scouts' eyes. Maybe he would have turned pro anyway. But certainly I think that made the decision a little bit easier, uh, you know, to beat Canada in a gold medal game like that. That's a pretty big moment. And then the tournament came and, and they certainly had a very good team. Obviously, uh, you know, Logan getting injured was a big injury. He, he gave them a lot of depth, some experience. Um, and so that hurt them. And then, and cause they definitely had a team to win a national championship. And, uh, but, um, certainly I, you know, I was pretty bullish on Spencer and when he went to the league, he certainly looked like he belonged, didn't look out of place. And so it's going to be interesting though, you know, once it, to try to get traction in your pro career, it's not easy. There's ups and downs, there's minor injuries. Um, and you got to deal with those. So yeah, it's it's going to be a very interesting year for the Panthers in net because you know they got the expensive older guy and they got the real young unproven guy. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest price possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control models and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. 
Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. The, the Panthers um, in the last few years have always had this great situation with goalie where they had uh, Devin Levi on the other side for Team Canada, who eventually, it really increased his trade value with the, with the trade to Buffalo for uh, Sam Reinhart. And then um, with the uh, Florida Panthers, of course, with Spencer Knight coming in, only losing one game, which happened to be that playoff game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And with... I'm projecting this season that it's going to be a 50-50 timeshare between Sergei Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight to start. In in your opinion, it, do you think what's it going to take? What's it going to take for for you? In your opinion, for if Spencer Knight were to take it full time, and what's what's it going to take for Bob to take it more of the of the starts? Really, well, I mean, Joel Quenville comes down to winning games. Uh, it will be interesting to see who wins the job for opening night and how he manages that. I'm sure whoever's playing better in practice and in preseason games will get the nod. I, I don't think it matters the salaries and the age. So I, I do think that it's going to come down just to quality of play. And then that guy gets the first start. And however he plays, it, you know, I'm sure he would like to have one guy to go to for sure. Um, you know, a young guy like Spencer, you probably only want to play 50 games anyway. So Bob would probably still see 30, 32. So it could be pretty even, uh, but even 50, 32, one way or the other, mm -hmm. that's still, you're playing a lot of hockey games. So, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's a meritocracy and it's going to come down to who's playing better for Joe Quindell, as long as he has that power. Sometimes organizations have a way to manage young people and say, listen, we want this guy playing this many games. And not many of this games in a row, but this team is ready to win now. And it's just, it, it's because this is professional hockey and it's a, it's time to go and it's time to play the best guys. And I think that's going to be the Panthers mindset. And in a year like this with the Olympics uh, coming up and they, there's now more rumblings that the, that the NHL is going to send their players to right. Beijing for the Olympics. So chances are, Sergei Bobrovsky is going to play for the Russian Olympic Committee. There's one of the beat writers um, asked the question of, is there a possibility that Spencer Knight plays? I think with him, his full rookie season, I'm going to think no. But there is still that chance. So I think when Sergei Bobrovsky eventually does come back, 
they might give Spencer Knight more of those starts. Uh, that that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. To so for because Sergey Bobrovsky is going to deal with some jet lag. He's going to deal with a bit more games taxed on him due to the Olympic break. While Spencer Knight is probably going to be more rested there. So I think that there is an opportunity for Spencer Knight to in a year like this, especially for him to start more. But I want to transition to the the big news from months ago, many months ago, about ESPN uh, officially taking the the rights to the National Hockey League for the first time in 17 years, I think it is. Yeah, so, 17. So, yeah. So I, I, want to, I want to get your thoughts on what were your thoughts from when there were rumors there and then from mm-hmm. the time that it became officially official. Yeah, we had heard a couple of years out that there's a good chance we were going to get back into it. You know, we, we did the once we did the World Cup of Hockey, even that was the first sign once the, they chose us to broadcast the World Cup of Hockey. Um, I think that was 2015. And uh, so that was a while ago. And I think they liked what they saw. And then but of course, you have to wait till the contract is a long term contract. There was a long way to go. But still, that, that kind of planted the seed that this 2021 looks pretty good. And then a year out, you know, you start, you really start to get inside that window. You're starting to hear rumblings and you're feeling pretty good, but you never know for sure. Anybody can wake up one day and write a gigantic check. And I'm sure ESPN had their limits. Um, And then pretty much a month before the announcement, I heard from pretty good source that we definitely were going to be involved um, with at least half of it and uh, the better half, uh, the A package, as they call it. So now just came down to who was going to be the other side. You know, was NBC going to keep half? Was, and then suddenly TNT kind of came out of nowhere. I know Fox was in the mix for a while, but so, yeah, so it came down to a seven-year deal. Uh, we'll do the next, we'll do four Stanley Cup finals starting with next spring, and then TNT will do three. Um, you know, we paid for a lot of games to be on ESPN Plus, as the streaming service that obviously ESPN is investing in. That's where a lot of, obviously, television consumption is going. So they wrote a pretty good check to get 70 exclusive games on ESPN Plus. I think some people will be a little probably not prepared for that. Some fans are going to be ready to watch their Florida Panthers or Detroit Red Wings, and they're going to turn on the channel where they're normally on. It's like, wait, where's the game? And it wants on ESPN Plus. What's ESPN Plus? How do I get it? And they're going to be calling their sons and daughters, and uh, if they're of a certain age, and say, how do I get this? What is this? Well, Daddy, you need a Fire Stick or a Roku or Apple TV. Like, what is this stuff? So I'm a little concerned about some early PR hits, maybe. Mm -hmm. So it's something where they need to get ahead of things here. I was hoping, I kind of suggested to ESPN to start like a public service announcement campaign, maybe using Barry Melrose, showing him, here's how you get ESPN Plus. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. That would be the tagline for me. You know, call, you know, you need a, you need, obviously you get ESPN plus, but then there is a way you can hook it up to your big, beautiful TV, you know, whether it's a fire stick or a Roku or, and uh, it's not that difficult and uh, we'll walk you through it, but I haven't seen much of that. So I'm a little concerned about that, but ESPN, it's pretty exciting because, you know, NHL.TV is going to ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. So. So if you get the, the, you know, the Disney bundle, Disney plus ESPN plus and Hulu, I think it's like 14 bucks. You get all three and then the, the NHL.tv. So every, every hockey game will be on uh, ESPN plus this year. Not, not at an extra price. Like, you know, sometimes when you get UFC fights, you still got to pay that pay-per-view amount um, to watch the big fight. But for NHL.tv, it's baked right in, which is pretty cool. So if you're a hockey fan, ESPN plus is going to be almost a must get streaming service. Um, they got those quests for the cups on there now. I watched one last night, which was really good. 
And um, so hopefully some other stuff in the future too. Uh, I've suggested a podcast, maybe a daily podcast with, you know, we could televise with some cameras and throw it on plus every morning and review the night before and preview the night above. And so I, I kind of threw some, so I'm hoping as time goes on, we'll add more hockey content to that. Hopefully I'll be a part of that, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it was like Christmas morning all over again. And especially the reaction on social media was really cool. Um, I knew it would be a big deal amongst the players and maybe the fans, but I, I didn't, it kind of, it kind of surprised me a bit. And I know our executives in our suits were probably really blown away by, wow, there's a lot of people out there who are really pumped up about this. Now we have to deliver. So, um, so now we're letting, you know, we're just over a month away and, um, you know, I'm going to, I'll, I'll be hosting a weekly hockey show that we're going to have on ESPN two. It's once a week show that I think might become daily come playoff time, which is pretty cool and, and go on ESPN. Uh, it's kind of like a magazine type hockey show. So we'd be able to do some human interest, some features and some fun stuff. So I'm looking forward to doing that once a week and, and then doing some play-by-play. In fact, I got a Panther game uh, in, uh, in October. I'm doing the Panthers game at Detroit. Wow. Uh, Breaking so news. Be, yeah. So uh, there, there's one of my things I'm doing. So I'm looking forward to that, you know, doing more play-by-play. That's so much fun. That's good. That gets my blood flowing. That gets my juices flowing. And uh, I got a few on the docket early and then hopefully that'll continue. So yeah, a lot going on. It's our first year. So I'm sure our executives and the people making decisions, will have to see how it goes and who they like. And so it's a, it's a bit of a nerve wracking year. You gotta, you feel like you're almost trying out for a, for a, a for a job on a team, just like any hockey player would. You got to score, you got to produce to get, uh, to get the starting nods. And so that's what I'll have to do. I'm sure the same thing. So it'd be fun doing the show, a little bit of everything. So hopefully they'll let me do some of my stuff as well on my own. And hopefully I still do the college uh, frozen four isn't back in Boston this year. I mean, we ended up start, started talking about Jimmy Hayes and him winning a national championship for BC while the, the frozen four, it'll be my ninth. It's back in Boston this year. And so hopefully I can still do some of the college games as well. Then the playoffs start, you know, next late April, since we're going to the Olympics, the playoffs will start late again in late April. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. This It's a good time. You know, I've been lucky. I've been in this business 32 years now, 25 at ESPN. And then so to get this infusion of kind of like childlike enthusiasm is pretty, I feel pretty blessed to kind of really feel geeked up about going to work again, even though I've been there for 25 years. I like, you know, my battery's full and I'm really looking forward to getting, uh, getting to it. That's how I know you like, that's how I know you like what you do. That's for sure. <laughs> it's funny at the time. At the time, I didn't really put two and two together at the um, back in the early part of 2020. I'll, I'll let you in on a little bit of what what I'm what I'm thinking, because I used to work for NBC Sports, um, working with the with the Golf Channel here in Orlando, that, which is where I'm located. So okay. January 2020, they say, oh, we're going to be relocating to Stanford, Connecticut with NBC Sports, which meant a lot of layoffs, which so and then exactly a year later at the very same around the same time a year later nbcsn is won't be be um being a thing again um, right so it, it was i didn't put two and two together from the first announcement but then when the second announcement came about i'm just like okay there's something more definitely to this so then uh the contract was going out and, and I, of course i don't think that the channel would end of course without their contract ending with right. the nhl the nhl had a really big influence influence on that so that was espn's big chance to just pounce and and here here we are so as far as the scheduling as far as games because i know the nba um has their espn games wednesdays fridays 
uh, TNT would have the NBA on Tuesday, Thursday. So is it going to be like flip-flopped where it's uh, um, hockey on ESPN for like Tuesday, Thursday, and then TNT like Wednesday, Friday? How's that going to work? Yeah, I think, I think our games, at least for plus, are Tuesday, Friday. Um, obviously, opening night to Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few ESPN games early on, but I don't think a lot because we do so much football. Um, so, uh, you know, there could be a, a couple ESPN games. I think Tuesday is going to be kind of the night for that. And then, you know, as football peters out college-wise, you know, right around December, and then uh, the NFL starts to end as well, and the playoffs come. Then yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. If there's going to be Tuesday night hockey or Thursday night hockey, if they're going to brand it, or they're just going to kind of keep it open ended. But for now, I think that's the window. Um, you know, for us, TNT might have some issues in the fall because they do baseball playoffs that's and right. the NBA, so they might they might have to be they might have to have a lot of West Coast games early in their season. Because, uh, you know, we have multiple networks. Obviously, we have ESPN, ESPN2. And, then, and obviously, again, we paid a, a big amount of money to put games on Plus. So we have a lot of games on Plus. Um, and that as far as ESPN and ABC, and I think the announcements out there, I think it's 30 games, I think, on them combined and 70 on Plus. So, you know, most of the stuff is on Plus. And then uh, and after the new year, both, you know, when things free up as football goes away, then you'll start to see some more stuff. We'll have some ABC games, I imagine, just like NBC did, whether it's Sunday, you know, those Penguin Capital games, Sunday at mm-hmm. noon or whatever. I don't know what our plan is. It's usually but, the Northeastern uh, teams mostly. <laughs> yeah. Well, whoever gets the most ratings for sure, yeah. you know, they're going to take big cities and big markets to get a number. Yeah. You know, and, and those are the places that get it. You know, it's, they don't care who it is. It's whoever gets the highest ratings. They'll, and most of the people in America still live in the Northeast. That's where the population is still centered. So, uh, that's why they get a lot of the national airtime. So, so yeah. So again, I think it's gonna it'll play out. They'll they'll tweak it as they go, maybe perhaps, and then they'll make adjustments in the off season and you know whatever it takes. Again, it's the first time around, so it does take time to find footing. What you like, you know, graphic wise. Ah, we don't like that graphic. Let's change them. Uh, the music, of course, we're bringing our our old music back, which people are pumped about. So yeah. So that's an easy one for us. We didn't have to worry about music. And um, so now, but yeah, like, like I said, first time around, there's always going to be adjustments here and there and, and tweaks. And uh, I'm sure that'll be the case too, but hopefully we just can show a bunch of games and do some of this other programming we're doing with this weekly show and uh, you know, give, give hockey a big push on sports center and hope maybe again, in the crease which is on espn plus that's our nightly wrap-up highlight show highlights of every game every night i'll do a i know i have a couple of those in uh, october i'm doing i'll be doing a couple i know one of the espn games i'm doing in between periods because uh steve levy does monday night football it's hard to get back to do tuesday hockey so i'll be on with messier and chelios that'll be cool to get to know them um so yeah so i'm a kind of guy likes to do a lot of different things so to do some play-by-play do my my weekly show on ESPN too, um, to do raps as we call them in between periods, you know, the pregame in between periods guy that's called raps. So we wrap around the game with the two intermissions in hockey um, and then do some in the creases at late at night. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll be kind of a little, and then of course on social media with uh, college hockey and then also, you know, also doing some college hockey games. I hope we do some regular season games. Michigan's loaded this year. I think it's a good story to kind of talk about all those number one draft picks Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we do a couple of their games and I can the NCAA tournament, Frozen Four, 
And that's kind of cool. The Frozen Four is before the Stanley Cup playoffs this year because of the uh, because of the Olympics. So that's good. Um, that, it'll give that a nice focus. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. uh, it loses it when it's the same weekend as the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to getting my career kind of focusing just on hockey only. Um, it, it's fun where you can just focus on one sport. And uh, you know, maybe I'll do, still do a few sports centers here and there, and uh, which is good, too, to kind of stay in that kind of realm. Um, so I don't could disappear completely for people who don't watch hockey. Uh, so, yeah. So, and like I said, I'm overall, I'm just pretty excited about the future at ESPN. And like I said, I'm kind of in the third period of my career. So it's nice that hockey came along. Mm. Definitely. And speaking of Michigan, uh, the Panthers uh, 2021 first round pick, Mackie Ske- yes. Semoskevich, uh, will be playing his first uh, year yeah. at the University of Michigan. Really looking forward to him. He's really a distributing type of winger who could play yeah. center as well. So yeah. I'm excited to uh, for him to see him play with Owen Power and Berniers as well. And yeah. many, many, many others to yeah. too many to name. Luke who's wearing his same number 43 uh, so um yeah Kent Johnson who went very early to the Blue Jackets and Thomas Bordalo who's sick to watch they're, they're going to be a lot of fun I'd love for them to get to Boston in the Frozen Four and be a great story and give a lot of star power and help our ratings so I'm definitely rooting for Michigan to get there absolutely so one thing that I was really excited about when the ESPN announcement came and now we we can shift a little bit to like talking about the Florida Panthers yep. is the marketing of superstars and Alexander Barkov, of course, personally for him, he's a quiet person. He doesn't really talk too much, but as far as like the marketing for like a superstar player for someone like him, what, what do you think, what, where do you think someone like him could get from like a marketing perspective? Yeah, it's tough. You know, it's 32 teams. There's a lot of teams. Um, Obviously it's a multicultural league. Um, Like you said, some, some guys are quieter. Uh, they come from far away, cold countries uh, that people have never been to and, and, and hard to, uh, to identify with. It says just a lot of players. There's not a lot of airtime. Certainly social media has helped players market themselves. I've always thought people complain about the NHL not marketing its stars, but what do they want to do? I mean, they, the games are on television. They, they get networks bid for them. Um, companies will do commercials, but, you know, Peyton, you know, the NFL didn't really market Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning marketed himself through commercial. And, you know, the NHL maybe can set up a couple commercials for their players. But in the end, that's up to the, uh, the overall, you know, the player and what kind of audience they can attract and what an advertiser is willing to pay. And that's how you really do get to know a lot of these guys. Now it's only getting harder for the media to get to the players. You know, locker room access since COVID has been kind of cut off and some Leagues and teams want that to continue now, kind of uh, to, so they can control the narrative. They're only allowing team reporters in, like the NFL. Uh, so that's only going to make it a little more challenging. So certainly for ESPN, obviously, we, we, have, we have the biggest reach of any sports media company in the world. So you want to be involved with them. You know, if you check into a hotel or you go to a bar, you get a game on TV on ESPN or ESPN2 come playoff time. Um, so, so that's good. And like I said, this weekly show we're doing, hopefully we can focus, we can do a story on, on, you know, Alexander Barkov and show him. That's just one three-minute segment. In order to get continually bombarded with, with Barkov intel, then, uh, you know, that's something that, uh, that's hard. That's not, there's only a few people who get that space, even the NFL. And um, 
you know, it was basically Peyton Manning for a long time. And obviously Tom Brady, the quarterback position, you know, no one knows who left tackles are. I don't see anybody slamming the NFL for why don't they, why don't they focus on their left tackles more and get them some, some uh, airtime, you know, it's like, it's again, it's like a meritocracy. That stuff, it, that stuff happens on its own and you really can't blame the league for not marketing its stars. Like that's, that's not their job in a lot of ways. Like what do you want them to buy a billboard? Like what do you want them to do? Like, give me a reason how they're going to market their stars. You know, that's up for us to do and their own agents to get commercials and to get appearances. And he could do a lot of that himself if he really pushed to on social media, do some crazy things. We've seen athletes do that even after retirement. So I always thought that that was a, a didn't quite get that argument that, that why doesn't the league market their stars? And um, it is a team concept game too, though. That is part of it. So maybe some players are, reticent to do that because they're not encouraged but again that's a team thing the teams could do a better job of encouraging that if they wanted to but of course teams probably aren't really concerned about that because they don't want the player to get more popular and, and to get more expensive so that's part of it too you're yeah. trying to keep salary so it all kind of goes on a weird thing but in the end alexander barkov's gonna have a great life no matter what <laughs> he's, he's a wealthy man he's got plenty of money he's playing a game uh he's great at what he does so I don't think he's going to complain very much about if he gets noticed tonight. I know some people like that, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to living in Toronto or somewhere. Uh, he's, especially these Canadian athletes, they like coming down here and just they can go where they want and they're never noticed anywhere. And uh, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. That's actually a pretty cool thing, you know. And so, I mean, I go out with some, some hockey players sometimes and I get noticed more than they do, you know, wow. the, the TV. Because <laughs> you know? I'm on TV. I've been there for 25 years, so people mm -hmm. see my face. But for hockey guys, they get the mask on and, and, and the shield and they, they just don't. And they're not interviewed a lot in the local media or uh, they don't see sound bites on ESPN with their, you know, just talking with their, just their heads. So you don't get to know them as well. And yeah, yeah it's like, and the, I mean, the media in the world is only getting sliced into more pieces anyway. So everything is getting smaller. So, you know, you just do the best you can in your space, serve your viewers and your consumers the best you can. And then, you know, and then from there, a lot of it's done on your own time and, and breaking out. And if you're going to be a star, you're going to be a star. It's hard nowadays. Everybody has their own slice, their own network, their own politics. And it's just a million slices. And so that's just the way it is. Now. So it's only going to get more difficult to do that. Absolutely. And um, I'm not sure how familiar you are with uh, South Florida, but I'm pretty familiar. Yep. The, so the County that the Florida Panthers play in is Broward County. So yep. There's a few uh, shirts that have gone around. I have a friend who bought one that said Barkoff County as like a play on word because the, the Dade County, the, the one South had named it Wade County as a, like a nickname. So it's like you think of the Miami Heat with, with their three championships throughout their time. Yep. The Florida Panthers are taking that next step and they have that superstar player in Alexander Barkoff. It, it, it's just something that I really think that Alec Barkoff could really really and the panthers could really run with it as as like a yeah. as a as a marketing thing that's what we got to win championships to do that you know main way pretty much won one you know uh kind of on his own before lebron got there certainly had Shaq as well but he was sensational and uh so yeah and it just worked out well and basketball is easier there's fewer players the players are very recognizable because they're out there in shorts and a tank top mm -hmm. so you really get to know them and the camera and then they play a lot so uh so yeah it's, yeah I'm, I'm a taxpayer in collier county so i'm, I'm very i'm very aware of south florida so I'll, I'll be i'll be a resident soon a full-time resident as soon as i can 
Uh, believe me, I'm trying to I'm trying to angle to that as soon as I can. That's amazing. I'm 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 happy for you as well because I mean yeah. this is the place. This is this is the place to come for uh for for people who want to spend the rest. Yeah, of and now hockey, good hockey, Lightning and Panthers. It's a yeah. great hockey state. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, built bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor which is like the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the Grasshopper Cookie or the Raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at built.com. It's that time of year again and all eyes are now turned to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survival contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, 100%. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which equals make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys and if you lose your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing to hockey right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code. Locked on. So let's transition now to the state of the Panthers. As far as free agency goes and the and the draft and everything uh about um about the cap for the Panthers. The the Panthers really in this year really went with the like they run it back mentality with one major addition of Sam Reinhart via the trade the really really late uh 
trade like that was past midnight on the on the night of the NHL entry draft. What do you what are your thoughts on the direction of the Florida Panthers and what what do you think from an outsider's perspective, someone who from the national perspective uh, of what this team can can become? I think they're right there. I mean, they are definitely right there. They were going to be a hundred point team if they had played 82 games last year. And that's anybody who gets a hundred points can just about win the Stanley cup. So they're going to be right there. I think they are definitely a Stanley cup contender. Um, you know, again, probably maybe on the lower end of the, of the top tier, you know, when you have Colorado and Vegas and, and Tampa Bay again, who certainly could win it again because they got the best goalie in my mind. Say, I wouldn't worry about Sergei Bobrovsky playing in the Olympics as long as Andre Vasilevsky's on the team. So he yeah. will not be tired. <laughs> um, he, he won't be playing much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they have legit superstars in Huberdeau and Barkov, absolute top, top, top tier players. You just need to continue to get that support. You know, some of that's unexpected support. You know, will Cornquist go out and have a 25 goal pace again this year? Um, you know, same with Vetrano at 25 goal place pace last year. You need that secondary scoring. Um, obviously Ekblag's a, a big factor. Um, could he come back and even raise his game to another level? He was on his way to a nice, you know, 45, 50 point season, which for someone like him is, uh, you know, really a nice, a nice move for him to make. He needs to be, you know, right up there as a Norris contender and they have, they have good balance. You mentioned, you know, Reinhardt's a great addition. Um, He's a, a gives them that you know maybe two really good lines which you have to have, so it'll be uh yeah and they have a great coach in Joel Quenville an absolute winner, they built this thing now and yeah they're they're a threat and it would be great to see them win a couple rounds early, it'd be great to see another Tampa Bay playoff series if possible that was awesome especially how it started, uh just amazing hockey amazing TV so yeah I mean they are right there they are in their they're in their window now you know because obviously they're going to ride Barkoff and Huberdeau. Uh, as long as they're in their primes and th- that's kind of their window of a, a possible championship. But again, the goaltending is a question. Does Bob have a consistent playoff run in him? Is Spencer Knight, by the time the playoffs come, does he have the stamina and the experience? Again, you have to be great for two months in the playoffs. It's hard. It's not the regular season. So you need someone who's great for two months. And so that's what you build toward. You want to make a team that can make the postseason, then you need a team that can win the playoffs. And you look at their team, I, I think they have a team that can win in the playoffs, you know? And, uh, and so here they are. So the window is here. It really will come down to goaltending for them. You know, if they have great goaltending, they'll have a great opportunity, you know, to represent, you know, the East again now uh, in, in the Stanley Cup final. So, yeah, their window is here, and they definitely have the makings of a team. They might need one more tweak, one more trade at the deadline, you know, figure that out. You can always make a deal at the deadline if you're willing to trade number one picks and prospects. Uh, that's why you get them. And, uh, and then so we'll see who's available and where, and how, if they see, Hey, we're one team, we're one way uh, player away. We can trade our first round pick from this past year and trade our first pick next year to get this guy could be a difference maker. Um, you know, and they'll make that assessment a week or two before the deadline. If they think, you know, what, our goalie stink. We don't, we can't afford to trade a one and a couple ones. It's just not going to happen. Got to be patient and see if they get better in the off season or get. And so that's how, you know, I'm sure that's the conversations they'll have. Yeah. And with the trade of Sam Bennett in the previous uh, trade deadline, and of course the trade with Sam Reinhart, they're, yeah. they're in going for it mode this year. They don't have a first nor second next uh, NHL entry draft. So right. 
So that that just saying that they're gonna put they're putting all their chips on just this next season and ne- next yeah. season. So you, you have to take advantage of Huberto and Barkov's window. That's the whole point, you mm-hmm. know, because you you don't get those guys very often. They got two of them, and so yeah, I mean Bennett was awesome. What six goals in ten games? Um, you know, he kind of obviously not gonna he's not gonna score forty eight, but uh, you know he's uh if he can it, between him and Reinhardt, that's like I said, and, and yeah, so they're they're there, they're they're, they're mm-hmm. right there. It's gonna come down to goaltending and overall defense. Is the defensive core a Stanley Cup defensive core in terms of defending puck movement penalty kill? Is that a championship core? And that's one thing I'm sure they'll look at. That's the front office's job and the director of player personnel and, and the pro scouts, like, do we have a championship defensive core? And if not, how do we get a little bit better? Absolutely. And that those are questions that I'm definitely sure that they're asking themselves. As, Absolutely, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because back in April, you went on the Panther Parkway uh, podcast with my friend Tom McLean and Jake Winans, uh, who um, – you you predicted correct um correctly one of the Stanley Cup participants. You pre- I remember you predicted Vegas and Tampa Bay. You got that correct. one uh correct. And we have a few questions from the Panther Parkway guys. Uh, this is an extension of uh uh Panther Parkway. Fr- Frank Ricas asked this, uh, who is the owner and operator of the website. He's like, game on the line, under thirty seconds left. One player on the Panthers takes a shot to win. Who is your guy? Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's still Barkov. When you think about his, his preparation, how much he practices, the time he puts in, how much he cares, that's the guy. You know, that's why Larry Bird always took the last second shot for the Celtics. He said, I practice the most. I should take it, you know, so then you expect to make it. So we've seen great stories on Barkov's commitment in the offseason, what he does in the summer. He's an incessant self-improver. Those are my kind of guys. So that, that's the kind of guy I wanted to come off that, come off that wing into the slot and try to fire that wrist shot, you know, eye blocker or somewhere. And he's the guy I want to take it. Mm -hmm. All right. Next question is a fill in the blank from me. Alexander Barkov is the blank best center in the NHL. You know, I'd, I'd probably put him squarely top five. Um, I think if there was a center only draft, you know, McDavid's going first definitely and you know certainly even if it's for one year some people still might want Crosby come playoff time um but yeah it's uh he's right there I mean like you know especially the 200 foot game he plays you know you think about the superstar forwards with Boston Matthews and and uh Connor McDavid but you know Barkov certainly plays a better all-around game uh and so but yeah he's right there I mean he he's they that's why I'm saying they're they're Stanley Cup you know, window is right there and it's open. And when you have a guy like that, you have to take advantage of it. And they, and they are, like you said, and they're, they're trading draft capital and they're uh, going for it and, and, and they'll continue to do so even at the, even at the deadline this year, like I said, they're going to, if they see a, a slot or two that can make a difference, they're going to go for it. That's just, that's, that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. All right. There's two more questions, and none of them none of them are actually hockey related. First one is, what inspired you to start using uh, the line from Elf Francisco? That's a fun name to say uh, when you started when you started saying that on ESPN. Yeah, I just said you know like my just I was a big fan of the movie. The kids were at an age where we watched it every year, and um, 
and just yeah when you when you're doing sports center and you're there late at night and you do it a lot you're just looking for something to entertain yourself maybe or the or the person next to you and so yeah i think i think it was francisco lindor i think he was the first francisco i used that with um francisco yeah that's fun to say because that was such a funny little line in the movie and like to throw some lyrics or movies in there so yeah that one seemed to just kind of happen organically fun to do and then now anybody named francisco and i really don't know when, that, when that's going to happen we get handed shot sheets late at night and and i might just you know top of the third and there might be someone you know someone named francisco and i can throw that in there just off the top of my head so yeah just it's more sometimes you do have to entertain yourself when you're out there for late at night for long long hours especially like right before the set when i used to work in a new studio um of course there was always like the the you hang around the water cooler you have like the keurig that you put of course i'm sure you're pumping up the coffee uh here, <laughs> here and there right, right or you go on set so i i remember yeah. just going, red bull and pop tarts i call it red bull and pop tarts i i before the show at midnight oh man that that must be that must be a lot for, for that sure that gets me wired that gets me wired yeah mm -hmm. And here's the last one. Uh, here, this is from another writer from Panther Parkway, Nick Fairbanks. What is the best chicken parm you've ever had? Well, I, you know, I tweeted one last summer. I was in uh, the north end of Boston, another neighborhood. Like we started this podcast talking about Boston neighborhoods. Uh, south Boston was always very Irish. North end was always very Italian. Like much of the world, a lot of it's becoming gentrified now and expensive. But you know, as when I was a little kid, every every neighborhood had its own little pockets, and that's the Italian. Still is very, you know, that's where all the Italian restaurants are. You can walk, and all that. Really, a lot of the hockey players live in that section of town now. Um, there wasn't that kind of housing when I was a kid for Bruins players to live in, but there is now, and you can walk to the rink from there, which is nice. Um, and again, those guys can put on a beanie and a long coat, and no one's going to recognize them. You know, maybe Zidane Char because he lived over there, and they would recognize six foot nine. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, Tory crew could just, you know, wear a scarf and a hat and no one's going to recognize him. They can walk to the game, not deal with traffic. But yeah, there was, a, there was a chicken parm there at a restaurant and I've tweeted out, you could eventually find it. I forget the name. It was a very Italian name, the restaurant. And that was outdoor dining. It was, it was outstanding. That one's really funny. Sometimes you can, you know, some of them kind of blend together and others you can still taste. I can, I can still taste that chicken parm. Oh man. I, I, I I'm not very well, well versed when it comes to chicken farm, Gucci, so <laughs> usually the chicken farm that I've had. veal farm too. Like if I go out and, and there's veal farm, I'll get veal farm because okay. uh, you can't buy veal really in a supermarket and make veal farm at home as much. And veal is very healthy. It's healthier than chicken, lots of nutrients. And so I'll get the veal farm just to change it up when I go out. Usually when I make it, I get chicken, but you know, some places offer both. Some just offer the chicken. And if I'm really hungry, I, I get chicken parm because when I'm really hungry, I know I'll be satisfied. So when I'm really hungry. I want to get something that I know I'm going to like because I don't like to be hungry. So I, gotta, I need something rock solid, dependable. That's what my chicken farm is. It's dependable to, to fill me up. That's, that's really why, uh, why I opt for it many times. So you don't eat half of it and then half of it later? You're not that type of guy? No, because chicken doesn't reheat well. It's, you know, pasta does. Like, oh, I love mom's next day pasta. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. And I, I do make an Italian mac and cheese at home using, um, obviously, pasta, cheese, and uh, Italian sausage, sweet Italian sausage. And that does reheat really well the next day. Mm -hmm. But chicken generally, does it just gets drier and drier. It's, it's not a good reheat. You know, most, you know, same with steak and hamburger. It's not going to really reheat very well. So, yeah, you got you to you house it all. Definitely. Um, when I was in college, um, I used to eat pub subs um, 
um, yep. you're you're familiar with pub subs, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I would I used to eat pub subs whole, like like it was nothing. Now yeah. at, now at my age, I can't. I just can't. I can barely eat half of one, and then I have yeah. to unfortunately yeah. reheat it tomorrow. That happens. that happens, yeah, that happens for sure. But is that a Marilyn Monroe pillow behind you? Yes, it is. It's my it's my it's my uh, it's my it's my girlfriend's. It so this is a this is what like her. Uh, yoga studio slash uh it's cool work, yeah workout room we, there's like n- no there's like no furniture behind this uh we just <laughs> we do yoga here so all right but this like. is the this is my desk where i do the podcast so definitely uh l- like to like to keep fit right here uh in, in oh, a big Marilyn Monroe fan that's good that's a classic uh classic pose of her so she's any any memorabilia with her is really cool that's that's awesome <laughs> so i'll definitely uh have to show her this call and uh, so that you give Thumbs her a compliment up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways john thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the locked on florida panthers podcast to talk nhl espn florida panthers and all so for the listeners tell them where they can follow you online yeah, Armando, you know, I'm certainly on ESPN, New Sports Center, ESPN Plus. Like I said, look for that weekly hockey show. I think it's going to be on Thursdays, Thursday afternoon on ESPN2. I'm um, hoping it lives on maybe ESPN Plus then after that so people can watch it multiple times. Maybe we'll have some clips on social media. And, um, I'm on Instagram a little bit, not a lot. Uh, but, yeah, just a lot of hockey games, and, and thanks for watching hockey. Love South Florida. Um, like I said, I, I spend a lot of time there in the winter and uh, hope to spend – most of my time there going forward. I still like New England in the summertime, but seven months in South Florida and five in New England would be, that'd be a dream split for me. So that's what we're trying to work towards. So we save our pennies for, and I'm um, looking forward to coming down to hope I get to do a Panther game this year. And you know, like I said, the, the game I do will be in Detroit in October, but it'd be great to come down and do a Panther game in, uh, in their awesome rink. So uh, thanks for having me, Armando. Uh, my pleasure. And uh, thanks for loving hockey. And thank you once again to John Butchergrass of ESPN for joining me on this conversation to talk about the Florida Panthers, state of the National Hockey League, uh, and it being on ESPN, a little bit of college hockey, and a little bit of the Olympics too as part of the conversation. And I'm very honored to have spoken to John Butchergrass. And I hope that you, the Florida Panther fan and the NHL fan, if you happen to be passing by this show enjoyed this conversation that i had with bucci as i did conducting the conversation so definitely a guest that i want to get on more often though he is a busy guy has a busy schedule so hopefully sometime in the middle of the season uh this coming season when the florida panthers are hopefully in first place in the atlantic division uh we could talk more about the state of the florida panthers so if you like what you're hearing Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to a new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q, and handy capping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast, brought to you by betonline.he. Wherever you get podcasts, Tom Armando Velez, 
signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>